You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Morphology Podcast. AKA Murph here to share interviews about biking experiences from bicyclists who have pedaled to places all over the U.S. Each week, we will get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder, why haven't I done that yet? Well, on the show today is Aaron Harrison. Hey, Aaron. Hey. Or should I call you Aaron Rambo Harrison? Uh, well, you know, most of my friends call me Rambo, um, but my uh, my wife calls me Aaron. So okay. uh, I, I, it's interchangeable. <laughs> okay, good. So I'll call you Rambo. How about that? Okay. Yeah, it's a nickname I've been stuck with since high school. So, Well, I'm very glad to have you on the show today. We have several topics to discuss, um, and they're kind of random, I guess, um, if listeners are just tuning in, like, what? But a uh, few fun topics that I think we should discuss would be your mileage for 2019, which is mind-blowing, over 13,000. The other topic is, I'm just going to call it street change, because it's just equally mind-blowing that you find money everywhere all the time almost daily almost daily yeah and then the third thing is not super bike related but it is bike related because uh you duplicate album covers and put yourself into those album covers and i think most of the time you're wearing a bike helmet yes mostly uh actually there's there's three things that every single one has uh, a bicycle helmet, my cat sparkles, and a specialized tri-spoke. Oh, perfect. <laughs> well, let's get into uh, all three of those. But first, I want you to tell us about uh, where you live and what bicycling is like there. I live uh, in the uh, beautiful town of Portland, Oregon. Actually, I live in one of the suburbs, uh, mm-hmm. but I work in downtown Portland. We have uh, super moderate weather. I think we're famous for our rain. We actually, I'm going to lose my uh, Society of Native Oregon Born card for telling you this. But we actually don't get that much real rain. <laughs> we just get nine months of drizzle. And uh, so it's it's very mild. You know, average winter temperature is in the middle 40s. So, you know, if you have good rain gear, good fenders, it's, it's extremely rideable and uh, very easy to get around. I'm going to assume that you ride year-round if, if you're talking about mild temperatures. Yeah, I, I ride uh, pretty much every day. Um, you know, the part of the impetus is uh, I enjoy riding. Uh, I do a little racing, so uh, my commute is uh, part of my training. And also working in downtown Portland, uh, I can't afford to park my car. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> there's a good motivation to ride my bicycle. Sure. Uh, and you said you work downtown Portland. Uh, what kind of work, yeah. what kind of work do you do? I actually, I work for my shop. Oh, cool. I, uh, my, my official title is uh, inventory and warranty manager. But I also help out on the sales floor and, uh, you know, wear lots of hats like any small bike shop. And uh, you mentioned Portland weather. Um, I'm assuming that your daily commute is a maybe a combination of trails and roads, or uh, how would you describe your daily commute? Well, you know, the, the truth is there's, a, there, there's two primary ways to, to actually get from my side of town to Portland. I, I live west of Portland, and there's a, uh, a series of hills called the West Hills mm. that I have to pass through. And uh, depending on which bike I'm riding, or uh, how strong or weak I'm feeling, uh, the route can be as short as about 13 and a half miles one way, which involves the most climbing, we'll call it the high gravity route, or somewhere in the uh, 19 to 21 range, which we'll call the low gravity route, because it's a little more circuitous taking a, a lower climb over the hill. Mm-hmm. And um, most of the, you know, most of the options involve uh, or offer 
uh, some level of multi-use path. So there's definitely a lot of options as to how big a hurry I'm in and or uh, how tired I am of uh, uh, dealing with automobiles uh, on my commute. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, you know, at the beginning and the end, uh, you know, the options kind of evaporate and uh, you end up riding on major streets anyways. Sure. And if you do it every day, you've either come to terms with traffic or you have found some low travel areas. Yeah, sometimes, uh, sometimes when I'm, you know, especially tired of traffic, I, uh, there are some routes that uh, are not quite as direct that I'll use. Or, yeah, you just, you just learn to le- treat them like uh, big, dumb, dangerous animals. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> okay, so take away your daily commute, which, you know, obviously is quite a few miles. Uh, do you have a couple places that you really enjoy to ride in your area? Well, you know, there, there's, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really good riding around here. Uh, because of uh, Portland metro area having a uh, what they call an urban growth boundary, um, once you get outside of this imaginary line, it's uh, all farm country. Mm. Uh, so we have pretty high urban density, uh, you know, for a small West Coast. Well, I won't say small, but we'll say a medium West Coast city. Uh, but once you get outside of that, that imaginary line, it's like you're in farm country and uh, traffic's much lower. And the road quality is is okay. We, uh, we get a lot of chip seal uh, in rural uh, areas around town. It benefits from this trend towards fatter tires on bikes. Mm-hmm. I tend to uh, I tend to ride uh, west of Portland a lot because uh, I, I live west of here, out into the uh, the foothills of the Coast Range um, when I'm feeling like climbing. But also, I live in the Tualatin River Valley, which uh, if I don't feel like climbing, I, I can go for a 30, 40 mile ride and climb maybe 200 feet total. I mean, it's uh, it's pancake flat. But uh, if I feel like climbing, I can climb into the West Hills or the foothills of the Cascades or the um, the Coast Range. Um, and there's great riding there. Uh, east of Portland, there's the Columbia River Gorge. And there's actually a state of organism process of putting in a uh, bicycle pedestrian only uh, path that takes into uh, actually uses a lot of the old historic highway that they've uh, shut down over the years. Nice. So, you know, you can go you can go south. The Oregon Board of Tourism uh, actually has a, a wing called Or Bike, where they actually have, they've put in bicycle uh, routes, suggested bicycle routes, and they've signed them. So you can head from Portland to Eugene, uh, where University of Oregon is, on these approved routes, and they have suggested routes and campsites or hotels. It's like, there's a lot of amazing riding, and it's easy to find. Mm-hmm. I follow some entity on, I believe, Facebook, uh, that's like Portland focused. I don't know if it's the city of Portland that runs the page, but they are always promoting either new bike lanes or changes to bike routes. It's really like, it's exciting to watch that. That might be uh, bikeportland.org, which is actually a, a local uh, blog. Yeah, I bet that I bet you're right. It sounds like you have a lot of variety as far as where you can cycle, which is so nice to be able to be in a downtown atmosphere and then how quickly you can be out in the uh, open air and the wilderness. And then you've also got the coast right there. But um, so, A, what bikes or bike do you have and what do you enjoy riding the most? Well, I, I have a uh, having worked in the bike industry uh, since high school, and uh, I'm now 47. I have a, I have a small fleet. Um, <laughs> I've, I've got a couple of dedicated uh, dedicated rain bikes uh, living in Oregon. Uh, any serious cyclist needs to have at least one bike uh, with fenders on it mm-hmm. uh, all the time. I have two, and I have a number of uh, of, of, of you know, I'll say moderately nice road bikes. And uh, I um, seven eight months a year is spent grinding away on my uh, my rain bikes, and they're built for durability. So they're, they're not light, and uh, the fit is identical to all my other bikes. I actually have a bike fit background. 
but uh, you know, one weighs 36 pounds, the other weighs 34 pounds, mm. and uh, one single speed, another fixed gear, and uh, so uh, sometimes getting up over the hill is uh, is a bit of a chore, but sure. uh, I, I figure it's uh, you know pushing those monsters up the hill. I don't have to spend as much time lifting weights in the gym uh, <laughs> over the winter. So <laughs> that's true. Probably my favorite bike is I, I have a uh, I have a custom Comotion Cycles aluminum road bike they built for me from 2013 2014. I've been riding the same basic bike from them since 2005. I think I've ridden that bike, you know, the equivalent of around the planet two or three times now. And actually, the weather's nice enough that I got to ride it today. It was a it was a special treat for uh, we're uh, almost spring. Yeah. I I, uh, I race the track. I actually specialize in the time trials events. I have a time trial bike and I have a sprint bike and I don't know why I have one mostly because I think I had too much money uh, <laughs> at that point uh, because I, I'm not a strong sprinter and I, I do a little little road time trialing so I have, a, I have an old road time trial bike and uh, you know uh, unfortunately with kids I don't get to mountain bike much because the, the kind of the the flip side of the urban growth boundary is that all the good mountain bike trails are 45 minutes in any direction mm, sure yeah. so unless I want to unless I want to ride on on fire roads there isn't really a whole lot of great you know, off-road around us unless I can invest the time and, you know, an hour and a half that it takes to get to and from a trail, a pretty nice road ride in. And uh, so scheduling, unfortunately, has killed a lot of my dirt. Mm-hmm. And you uh, mentioned that you do a time trial, like that's your kind of your specialty. Is that something that's done out on the roads or are you at a track? I primarily specialize in uh, Timed events on the track. Okay. Uh, we, we have a, uh, actually the Alpenrose Velodrome, the uh, steepest concrete track in the country. I think the only privately owned velodrome in the U.S. built in the late 60s for national championships. And unfortunately, the owners of the property have uh, sold the dairy and uh, they're indicating that they plan to sell the property at some point. So we might only get the, the velodrome for another two years. So mm. we're, we're all scrambling to uh, find a, another venue to uh, race our bicycles in circles. Mm, that's too bad, especially knowing that I'm sure there's some really great history in that facility. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, they, they actually uh, used to be the uh, home site for the Little League World Series. And since it's, uh, the, the whole sale, uh, there was actually a ton of uh, uh, lawsuits flying in both directions between various members of the family, pro and uh, against the, uh, the sale of the property. Mm. And uh, so... Um, the Little League World Series decided to uh, pack their bags and they've gone somewhere else. Apparently, we also have like one of the only, uh, is one of the only quarter midget uh, tracks in the Northwest. And so, yeah, there's there's a lot of facilities that, uh, you know, have gotten a lot of use, you know, a lot of benefit to the uh, local community that unfortunately are going away mm-hmm. when and if the property does get sold. And uh, it's a great big chunk of land in the middle of Portland, Portland's kind of southwest side. So I'm sure it's worth a chunk of change for uh, putting up a, uh, housing. Sure. Well, I'll cross my fingers that it's years away instead of uh, months away for you. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. A quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by Lizard Lips Lip Balm. These great lip balms contain natural ingredients, come in a variety of flavors, and you can choose certified organic or balms with sun protection. Check it out at lizardlips.net. Now back to the show. Well, let's get into the topic of street change. And that's literally meaning money that you find on the street. And and it's amazing to say, but you find street change almost every day. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, actually, so far this year, um, I found at least a penny every single day I've ridden outside. Wow. And um, we are into the recording time is the beginning of March of 2020. So you're talking every day you found at least a penny. Yeah. Wow. Every, every In fact, um it's kind of funny because my, my Facebook memories popped up um, yesterday. And as of beginning of March, 
2019, I had $3. And uh, so far this year, I'm actually over 14. So uh, I, I have had a strong start. Dang. Well, tell us about how this got started. Well, so my, my commute is anywhere between 26 and, and 40 miles every day. Mm-hmm. And especially through the winter when uh, I'm uh, grinding out the, the miles on the, the heavy slow bikes, I was kind of looking for something to uh, to amuse myself, to uh, kind of brighten the, uh, the the gray grind to work every day. And so I started, you know, occasionally I'd find a, a coin. And at first I was only stopping for, for silver coins, nickels, dimes, quarters. And, uh, but then I said I was going to pick up pennies. And uh, as soon as I started picking up pennies, it's like I would stop for a penny and find a nickel or I'd stop for a penny and find a, a dime. So uh, apparently coins are very social creatures because uh, <laughs> it, it's pretty rare to stop to pick one up and not find something else. And that was uh, late 2018. And then I decided uh, sometime you know, late December that uh, I was going to start keeping it because uh, before it was like going towards uh, – uh, very snack treats and coffee drinks. Yeah. And uh, I would just, you know, I was like, oh, I, I need, you know, 30 cents. And I happen to have something I found. I decided, you know, that I was going to start collecting it all in a jar, find out how much I actually got. And uh, I started off with a, you know, little, what, two, three ounce jar and uh, filled it pretty short order. And uh, actually one of my employer's wife, uh, who follows me on Instagram, gave me a, um, a Costco size uh, jar. I completely filled that in 2019. I uh, ended up with just a touch over $78. $78 in change? Yeah. Wow. And, uh, and uh, I don't know, you know actually, my, my daughter and I sorted it all out and counted it January 5th, January 6th this year. I don't remember the actual breakdown. I know I, I only had $1 coin I found, but I, I do remember having something like $5.38 in pennies. So that, that's 538 pennies that I found. Dang. And that just goes to show you, if you pick up enough, it's actually uh, worthwhile. Yeah, it's it's worth picking up those pennies, that's for sure. Yeah. And uh, everything else. That's mind-blowing, $78 worth of change. And are you changing up your route every day? You know, I know you told me kind of the mileage if you do the hill route or the little bit flatter route, but are you changing streets so that... Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, there's there's basically one major artery that I'm taking on a regular basis, but there's a bunch of arterials that lead into that. And I will definitely change that route on a regular basis because, well, it, I, I've discovered it pays off. Sure. <laughs> uh, it seems like if I ride the same route over and over and over again, you know, the uh, the chance for finding change goes down. And, and the, the weird thing, though, is, is like there's a, a two or three mile stretch that I ride pretty much every day. There's been weeks where it's like I'll find change every single day on it. And uh, so obviously there's people actively dropping it somehow. Right. And, uh, you know, and uh, I, I find like, the best places that I've found for it are uh, intersections, bus stops, and, and your schools. So uh, I, I guess I must be getting people's uh, bus fare and or lunch money. But uh, <laughs> You know, at some point they're looking like, I thought I had the exact amount exactly. of change somewhere. And then here's you in the background, like, you know, rubbing your hands together like, wow, yes. this is going towards my $78. <laughs> oh, that's great. Have you ever found paper money? Actually, I uh, the first ride I did of this year, I found uh, two one dollar bills. Oh, okay, okay. And that's that's been it. Uh, it's kind of funny because I actually have some 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 folks that I follow on Instagram, you know, that have. I think one person found a a moldy twenty, and uh, actually one of my employers talks about finding uh, two ten dollar bills here in downtown Portland. It's like I, I almost never find paper money. It's like I find a lot of coins, which mm-hmm. is uh, you know it definitely adds up at a slower rate, but uh, apparently at this point it's uh, it's adding up just fine. 
Wow. And I guess, you know, the obvious question for me, at least, is that if you're finding a lot of coins each day, that's probably slowing down your commute a little bit because you see it, you pedal past it, then you stop, you have to go back. Yeah, I, I think it's it's cost me, you know, maybe a mile an hour or two average speed total. I, I, I think it depends on like where I see it and if I do have to double back for it. Because uh, coming home on Monday, I actually found uh, found three pennies coming home, which is you know nighttime change is a is is a, is a rare special treat. <laughs> and I basically I found it. I stopped at one intersection and there was a penny. And you know a little while later I stopped at another intersection and there was another penny uh, just right next to my wheel. And I think the third one I had to double back for, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it's like it'll be right there, and sometimes I have to uh, double back for it. So it's you know again it's uh, it's a purely a you know just it's a chance thing. Right. Roll the dice. Right. If I knew your route and I was in the Portland area, I would just sprinkle change you know like for a whole mile straight, and then it could be like just the biggest day ever. Like holy yeah. moly, I found seven dollars in change in one day. I, I actually did have a friend who follows me on Strava uh, last year. Uh, seated uh, like a you know nine tenth of a mile section for me and it's like I, I think it pulled like just shy two dollars out of there it's like oh, this nice. is kind of surreal because it's like you know it's like penny penny nickel dime quarter and it, 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 was, it was probably fun fun for people driving by to watch because it's like I, i'd ride for a couple feet and i'd stop and i'd ride for another couple feet and stop <laughs> and i ride another couple feet and stop and then i'd double back because it's like i saw something behind me and yeah it was uh it was it was it was really bizarre and finally he admitted to doing that but uh <laughs> you know beyond that I, I don't think anybody else has uh, been seeding my route at all. And if they are, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and do you have a plan for how to spend the money? Or is it once the year's over, you're just like, that's awesome. And then a new year starts. At this point, I, I really don't have a plan for how to spend it. I uh, Unfortunately, I, I haven't been able to cash in my uh, my change from last year because uh, my bank, they have one location on, on my side of town with a change counter, and it's been broken since uh, late December. Oh, geez. And I, I don't want to be that guy that brings the jar of change in and forces the teller to count it. But uh, I've now been in there twice. The change counter has been broken both times, and unfortunately, I don't have a, a phone number for the branch, uh, so I can't call in to check. So I uh, I, I might be that guy eventually because I, I forgot $78 in change in a <laughs> Ziploc bag that I want to get rid of. Right, right. <laughs> I want to buy myself something fun. <laughs> a quick interruption to tell you this week's sponsor is Thirsty Pigs, a full-service mobile event company offering beer, wine, spirits, plus catering for any indoor or outdoor event. And the Thirsty Pig Cycling Tour is coming up May 30th. Check out more at thirstypigs.com. Now back to the show. I'm pretty sure that I saw somewhere that you rode over 13,000 miles last year. Yeah, I don't know the, I've got it written down somewhere, but I, I yeah, I rode uh, just uh, maybe a, yeah, a touch over 13,000 miles. That's an amazing achievement. I don't know if you feel that way. Like that's, there's probably very few people um, listening to this or just that are on bicycles that can, or they probably can accomplish the goal, but they haven't. Well, you know, the funny thing was uh, probably 10 years back, um, my wife gave me a little notebook that I started keeping track of my mileage in because I, I think I was keeping on track of it on a, on a wall calendar. That was hard to uh, keep track of, you know, from one year to the next. Mm-hmm. So she gave me a little notebook and I started you know, keeping track my mileage and then I tally up my months and I tally up my years and uh, uh, unfortunately I apparently am very competitive with myself <laughs> and uh, so it got to the point where it's like I, I had to uh, had to do a little more every year I think in uh, 2018 I uh, I did a touch over 12 
2019, coming into uh, December, I, I hit 12 right at the beginning of the month. And I had a coworker said, so are you going for 13? I said, no, no, I don't want to have to kill myself. Right. And uh, then I decided to kill myself. And, uh, <laughs> and I, you know, I'll admit that, you know, some of those mileage, you know, do come, I'll, I'll ride the, uh, the trainer or the rollers. Mm-hmm. But as far as I'm concerned, as long as I'm turning those pedals, it's uh, miles or miles. Sure, sure. I, I think... You know, it's funny because I had a customer once who, uh, after retiring, rode his bike every single day. He uh, started off on a inexpensive mountain bike and uh, proceeded to ride that thing into the ground. And then he got a nicer road bike. And uh, he actually, uh, he was riding mileage close to the, the 12, 13,000 mile range. And basically, all you do is you just have to ride 30 miles every day. And it's just, it's about being consistent. Right. Yeah. And it helps you, especially if you're goal focused, which obviously that you are, if you've tried to beat years past, but you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh man, it's drizzly out again. But yet you have that in the back of your head of, all right, I only have to do 30 miles. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, also you know, a good way to, to hit those goals is to just make riding a habit. Because at this point, it's like, it's not really, I think about it's like, I'll definitely, I'll look out the window and I'll check the uh, weather and I'll, I'll check the rider. I'm a little compulsive about that. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's like mostly I'm compulsive because like I want to ride a go fast bike. I don't want to ride my rain bike. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the truth is, is like, you know, just part of the routine now. It's like, you know, you know, I, I get up, I make my coffee, top off the tires on the bike that I'm most likely riding and, uh, you know, start packing my bag. At this point, it's, it's more automatic than anything. So it just kind of happens. Because I, I find if I have to think too much about it, it's like I, I might find a reason to, oh, well, maybe I'll just ride the train today. Or it's like, oh, I, I don't have to. I know I'm, I'm not working, so I'm not going to go for a ride. If you just create a routine about it, it's 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 actually very easy to achieve mileage goals because they, they just kind of happen. Well said. So obviously you ride your bike beyond just your commute. So do you have like adventures on your horizon, whether it's uh, time trial races or just other biking events coming up? Well, nothing on the immediate horizon. Since Alpen Rose is an outdoor track, it really isn't generally rideable until June. And uh, invariably, we get a lot of early season rain in June. So uh, we might uh, start racing in July. It's right next to a neighborhood, so it doesn't have any lighting. Uh, so uh, it's kind of a short season, mm-hmm. um, generally July through the end of August. My big, my biggest goal is actually the goal I tried to hit last year was uh, in uh, when I was a junior, the ripe old age of 18, I actually set the track record uh, for the three-kilometer pursuit, three-kilometer time trial. Then a year after I became a senior, I turned 19, Junior Phenom took it from me. Ah. And uh, that record has now stood since uh, 92. And uh, I decided that I wanted to take it back. Nice. And uh, so last year, actually, it was my big goal in 2018, but I actually didn't get to race at all because I uh, changed uh, employment and uh, didn't have any vacation time to, uh, to take. Uh, so last year, I, I went at it pretty hard. The insult to injury is I, I got within hundreds of a second of it. Mm. Uh, so so this year is the big year. That's my, my, my primary focus is to take back my track record, especially before uh, Alpen Rose potentially goes away. So I'll uh, go out with a bang, so to speak. With uh, working retail hours and having kids, you know, riding opportunities, uh, I fit it in where I can. So it's like typically I'll take shorter rides on my days off, uh, especially while the kids are in school. So it, the irony is I think I ride more when the kids are in school than when they're not because uh, uh, I have a weekday off. So it's like kids are in school. So I've got this window that I can you know, fit in a ride if I can take care of everything else. Mm-hmm. But, you know, things I'd really love to do someday. My dad lives in central Washington. 
There's a lot of really gorgeous riding that I'd love to do, like to ride to his place. And they have that awesome trail out in the Columbia River Gorge, which I've only ridden very small sections of. And uh, that actually goes um, quite a ways out now. I think it goes from, uh, you can actually ride from the east side of Portland all the way out to ooh, maybe the Dalles now. So it's like, mm. I think it's 60, 80 miles. And it's all, or vast majority of it is actually off street. And they've actually built viaducts and, and bridges and tunnels specifically for this trail system. So it's uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Well, your Instagram account is amazing. And that's actually how we ended up talking today because I somehow found you and started following you. But you've got, of course, your daily pics of your street change. But you also, and this is something I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you insert your head into famous album covers. So how did that become a thing? That's another one of those random whimsy things. Yeah. Um, I was uh, I was riding home uh, April seventh of last year. My my one year anniversary is coming up. It must have been a Sunday because it was uh, it was light out and it was just absolutely dumping rain. And I was feeling kind of like a drowned rat. I, I have a camera on my bike. Decided to take some photos of myself to uh, kind of document the, the drowned rat nature. <laughs> and I took a picture. Uh, it just popped in my brain. I was thinking. Uh, Rain Jacket Required, and uh, then I started thinking about uh, Phil Collins' album, No Jacket Required. Mm-hmm. I went home and looked up the album. Then I decided that the uh, photo I took looked an awful lot like that, so uh, I popped the uh, photo into the uh, editing app on uh, Instagram, Rain Jacket Required. And uh, so the first ones, the first covers I did were typically me trying to uh, imitate the pose on the cover in the real world, and uh, then I actually got Photoshop app for mm-hmm. my phone and i started uh, like cutting my head off and putting it onto the uh, the body and that's that's how my my, my cat and my tri spoke get in the in the pictures as well <laughs> i love it <laughs> i don't know if you want this but if people want to follow you on instagram are you willing to give out your uh, instagram account name yeah my handle on instagram is rambo bike man rambo bike man it's and it's super fun too you entertain which i'm assuming that's one of your goals you probably entertain yourself but i'm entertained as well (laughs) yeah i I think it's uh, you know at first it was entertain myself and then it's like i've gotten so much positive uh response from friends and you know people that just randomly popped it or bumped into my account that it's uh it's a lot of fun trying to keep the trying to keep the quality up is the uh, the hard part now oh yeah now people are expecting it from you i have a friend who uh actually is a professional Photoshop website guy. And uh, he he says that stuff looks pretty good, especially considering I'm just doing it on my phone. So uh, uh, high praise there. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Last question for you, you know, back to that 13,000 plus miles that you put on last year. Do you have any advice you would give someone who doesn't think they can ride even a thousand miles in a year? I think, you know, kind of getting back to the just, uh, well, in some cases, like, I think it's easier to break it into small pieces. If you look at a thousand miles, that sounds like a lot. But if you do a bunch of 20 mile rides, mm-hmm. it's easy to achieve that goal much, much faster, or uh, at least it becomes less intimidating. And, you know, I, I really don't look at it. It's like, yes, my, my goal is to, to match 13,000 miles, but I don't look at that every single day. It's like, hey, you know, I want to ride 30 miles a day or I want to ride 40 miles a day. And it's just a matter of breaking the smaller bites, I think, makes it more palatable, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, easier to uh, wrap your brain around mm-hmm. and, and making it a habit, just you know, riding, you know, on a regular basis. Because, you know, if your goals are, are significant, it's like, you know, either have to a couple of significant rides to add up or a lot of little rides add up very quickly. Mm-hmm. 
And I think bottom line, and you've proven this, uh, you have to enjoy it. I mean, even yeah, when it's rainy or yucky weather, you're still out there and taking pictures and finding change. And I, th- you give off a feeling that you truly enjoy it. Oh, yeah, I love riding. I, I'm one of those people that has zero uh, gross motor coordination. So uh, classic U.S. sports I've never had any aptitude for. So uh, cycling is my thing. Awesome. Rambo, I am super excited that you were on the podcast today. And I'm looking forward to two things uh, to see you, you know, break your mileage goal, if that's something that you decide to pursue all year, but more importantly, your time trial race, like, oh, my gosh, that's a super exciting. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, tweaking things here and there trying to uh, trying to hit it. So uh, I, I think what I need is I need to make sure that all my friends at the track are screaming at me as I'm approaching it because <laughs> I finished it and one of the guys are going, oh, uh, apparently you don't listen very well. And it's like, well, I didn't hear anything. And it's like, oh, well, you missed it by like sixteen uh, hundredth of a second or something. Yeah. It, was, it was so small it hurt. It was painful. You know, when you're in the pain cave, it's uh, don't necessarily hear anything around you other than yourself breathing. Yeah. Well, I wish you the best of luck, and I hope that your uh, streak continues on the street change. Yeah, thank you. Yep. I, uh, I, it's, uh, it's been exciting so far this year. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Well, that's it for this week. Email me your topics or names of cyclists you find interesting at morphologypodcast at gmail.com. Also, check out the website morphologypodcast.com to find all kinds of great info. I'll leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of morphology. This quote is from Carl Sandburg. Time is the coin of life. Only you can determine how it will be spent. Think about it.